0: You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, Episode 242. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome back to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors, speaker, coach, and founder of The C-Method, where we're all about helping high-performing professionals to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now, this is the very last official episode of 2019. Can you believe that we're here? We're here. It's the end, end of the year. Super, super excited. It's been... Uh, an incredible year and um, so many amazing things have happened and I couldn't be more grateful um, for having you as a listener for helping this podcast to continue to grow you know we're at over 1.7 million downloads now which is unbelievable Um, at the end of last year we were at a million we hit a million so it's been growing really really quickly since then So I want to say a big thank you to you for listening, for sharing, for commenting, for following, and for being generally awesome, being being an awesome supporter. Now, after this week's episode, um, we will be doing a best of series. So over the next few weeks, I'll be resharing the most downloaded episodes of 2019. But today, I'm going to share with you some of my learnings from the year. Now, I've been doing a lot of reflecting recently. I put together a a masterclass for the C-Method Academy, my members-only online training and accountability program. Um, Every month I release a new masterclass, so like a mini course. And this month it was all about reflecting on your year, celebrating your wins, and planning for your year ahead. Now, I'm a big believer in celebrating wins. In the Academy, I'm always... Um, encouraging our members to share their wins and um, in the in the slack channel that we have because it's important you know I, I truly believe it's important in order for us to feel fulfilled, to build our confidence, to feel that what we're doing matters and that we can achieve things. It's so important to to have that celebration and reflection. so, Having have been doing, you know, this re- reflection and focusing on, you know, what's been happening, I thought, you know, I'm going to share on the podcast some of my learnings and some some of my wins for the year. So these are in no particular order, um, and by no means is this list is this list exhaustive. If <laughs> if I shared all my learnings for the year, we would be here forever. So I have picked nine to share with you. So let's do it. The first is, the first thing I want to share is um, I learned about the concept of the zone of genius versus the zone of excellence. Now, I learned about this in um, the book, The Big Leap. You may have heard me talking about it recently. This is very fresh in my mind. Uh, If you want to learn more about it, go to episode 239, which is called Are You Living in Your Zone of Genius? Now, this was a huge learning for me because I discovered that there are some things that I do in my businesses that i am absolutely that i absolutely love that i'm i'm in flow it doesn't even feel like work and it's it's just it's my 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 genius zone and then i discovered that there's other elements of my work in my business that i'm really good at but it doesn't quite bring me fulfillment and something that i've learned is that we can often get stuck in this zone of excellence, doing the things that we're really good at, people pay us well for it. Uh, our value is recognized, but we're just not fulfilled by it. We don't. It doesn't bring us that joy. And doing and spending too long in the zone of excellence can lead us to feeling burned out and um, and unfulfilled. So that was a, a huge thing that that I learned. And if you did miss those episodes, my zone of genius. Well, I, I have a couple, I think one of my zones of genius zones of genius is speaking to groups, right? So, so speaking or facilitating groups of people and being able to see, and what what I love about that is being able to see the connection that people make. So let's say I'm running a a workshop on how to um, be more assertive in the workplace when I'm, when I'm working through an exercise and I see people's eyes light up where they go, oh, yes, that's, that's how I can improve there. Or I see people, I see that recognition where they go, oh, I'm not the only person who is feeling this way. I'm not the only person who has a little voice in my head saying, you're not good enough. And for me, that brings me so much joy um, to see that. And so that's why, you know, I absolutely love, well, that's one of the reasons why. Um, I feel so energized and in flow when I am speaking to large groups. So that's one of the things, um, I might share a bit more as we go along with these nine things, um, in terms of what I've discovered about my zone of genius as well. So let's keep going. So number two, so that was the first thing, zone of genius, zone of excellence. The second thing that I learned, this is to do with your zone of incompetence. Actually, (laughs) I've learned that I'm not a project manager. Um, there are a couple of projects that we, well, multiple projects we took on this year. One huge one was Aaron and my wedding. We got married in April this year and we threw not, we, we threw a, like a lunch, a ceremony and a lunch. So like, you know, quote unquote, regular wedding. But then after that, we threw a festival and this was an all night festival with DJs playing all night, jumping castle, um, Loads and loads of fairy lights, um, a silent disco face painting, what else, food trucks, lawn games, we had it all. And I learned very quickly that being able to coordinate many, many different details together and to bring them all together was not or is not my forte at all. And it's the same with um, podcast projects. With my other business, Podcast Services Australia, that I run with my husband, Aaron, i um, I'm really good at doing the podcast training. I'm really great at having high-level conversations. But when it comes to implementing the little details of the project, and with a the podcast, there's a lot going on. I feel I get very overwhelmed very easily about that. And it's it's I just I just struggle with it. So for me, that's my zone of incompetence. So, you know, learning what you're good at or learning what you're not good at is just as important as learning what you are good at. Because when you start to realize, huh that is, I'm really incompetent at that. And you realize, you know, but that's okay. It's okay to be terrible at some things. We can't be good at everything. And by knowing what we're not good at allows us to then go, okay, well, I'm going to try and not do those things or do less of them so I can do more of what I am really good at. So it helps you to to get really focused in on what it is that you really want to be doing. So the message for you here is to try to recognize what activities in your work bring you the joy and which activities drain you and where you just where you really struggle it doesn't mean that you have to continue to pursue doing that thing that you don't like right this is your life you need to decide what it is that you want to do and not do all right so that's number two number three slightly not work related but still really important I learned how to buy property. Yes, if you've been listening recently, you'll know that Aaron and I purchased our first property. We purchased a two bedroom apartment here in Melbourne um just a few weeks ago, about a month ago now. Went to an auction, bid, did all that stuff. We now are officially in debt. Very exciting. Um and that was a that was a brand new process for me. I learned that you can't trust a real estate agent ever. I learned that If you're a business owner, a mortgage broker is super, super useful to have. Our broker, James, he did an amazing job. You know, as a business owner, the banks don't really like you. They think that you're unreliable because your income is not consistent, even if you're earning more than what you would have been earning if you were employed. But anyway, a good mortgage broker will help you to jump through all all of the hoops and uh, make it a fairly painless experience. So there was a lot of admin on our part, but we got there in the end. So really excited. We're going to be moving in January. So that was a that was a great learning experience. Okay, number four. Number four. This lesson is find what works for you. Now, what I mean by this is, in look, there are so many. Elements of life, right? So let's take, you know, your career, um, your business, your diet, um, even buying a house, right? There are there are many different ways that you can do these things, and what I've noticed, and for me in particular, like I notice this with business. let's take the membership site for example, the C Method Academy. It's a membership site. I've been wanting to launch that for years now, but. The, I was always so overwhelmed with all the different ways I could do it. You know, it, it could be monthly. Is it you know, every six months? Do you have a, um, like, how often do you release content? How do you structure the course? Like, there's just so many different ways you can do it. How much do you charge, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when you research, right, you find a million people all doing membership sites and they're all doing it differently. And they're all telling you that their way is the way. If you've been watching the Star Wars uh, series, The Mandalorian, there's a, a meme meme going around of one of the characters. He says, this is the way. He, <laughs> he says it a few times. This is the way. I feel like online, right there, are online marketers everywhere telling you, this is the way. This is how you do a membership site. You know, this is how you do social media. And it's very tempting to run along with that and go, okay, I'm going to follow everything you do. But then... Someone else goes, no, 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 this is the way, and so you go, oh, all right, I'm going to do that, and then you just get overwhelmed, and you think, and and then if you don't quite, if um, you if you don't quite succeed with that methodology, they say, oh, it it's because you didn't follow it to the letter, you know, you didn't follow it a hundred percent, you only followed it eighty percent, so that's why it didn't work. So it can be quite disheartening. I found the same thing with um with um with diet stuff. Like I I was eating the ketogenic diet this year. Um, and then I watch documentaries about how meat and animal fat is really bad for you and you should go plant-based. And honestly, it is so confusing. I'm like, I do not know who to believe. There's every every single expert or professor or researcher out there is saying, this is the way. This is how you need to eat. It's the same with um, social media. Um, you talk to someone about someone about LinkedIn might say, oh, LinkedIn is the way. It's the, it's the tool that you need to use to grow your business. And then other people are like, no, 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 Instagram is the way. I get all my clients through Instagram. It's amazing. You're just not using it properly. You blah, 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 blah. So it's on and on and on and on. And what I found is that there are many different ways that will work. There is not just one way. There are thousands of ways you can build a membership site. You can be successful on any social media platform you want. You can um, you can lose weight and be strong on a plant-based diet, on paleo, on keto, on you know an all ice cream diet. I don't know, whatever. They they will all work. You hear the story of the guy who ate nothing but potatoes and lost a bunch of weight, right? Anything will work, but it's about finding the one that works for you. So if you love Instagram, go all out on Instagram. That's going to work for you. If you want to build your membership site and have, you know, 10 people instead of 1,000 people, you want to make it keep it small but make it more high-priced, do that. Um, if you want to um, move around your career and other people saying that you can't do that, I don't care if that works for you, go for that. Like find what works for you. I know this became a, bit, became a little bit ranty, but it's it's so important. So it's, it's so important to not be um, too distracted and overwhelmed by everyone else in your ear, you know, people online and people around you just saying this is the way to do it. Pick what works for you and do that. All right, number five, the fifth thing I learned, it's kind of a win actually. I overcame my shame about my apartment. I haven't talked too much about this, I think, but uh, for the last four years, Aaron and I have been living in a very small one-bedroom apartment. We've been saving up uh, really hard for our new apartment, which we have now purchased. So yay, win. But for a long time, I, um, I had a lot of shame around my apartment. I didn't want to invite people over. I was worried about what people would think of me Um you know, I think I I have this thing in my mind about, you know, if you, you, in order to be successful, you need to have a huge, beautiful house. I mean, I grew up in a in a huge, beautiful house and I would have friends come over, you know, from school and they'd say, oh, my God, your house is amazing. And so that's, that's – I think that's where it comes from, you know, and I associate, um, you know, people liking me and like being impressed by having a, a, you know, a beautiful home environment. And from not having that exactly – I I wasn't proud of my home and then a few things happened um, I went away on a weekend with my beautiful sister Zay and it was so, this house was so wonderful and there were like candles and blankets and it was so warm and cozy and I remember thinking to myself can't I make my own home warm and cozy like this you know and I realized, I don't have to be living in a huge, beautiful uh, space in order to make it, you know, warm and funky and, and fun and cosy. So I came back home and I said to Aaron, that's it, we're going out and we're buying a heap, heap of cool stuff for our apartment. Um, you know, so I, I think having this f- these feelings of, of shame and, you know, my, my home isn't good enough um, stopped me from actually really enjoying being in the space. So I have slowly been working on on you know, dissolving that shame and taking pride in my home, no matter how small or how old or, you know, whatever it is and, um, and just doing what I can to, to enjoy it while I'm here. Because ultimately it was something that we had chosen to not change. So I'm a big believer in, you know, if you don't like something in your life, change it, you know, do something different, get out of your comfort zone, make that change sounding like a Michael Jackson song now, make that change, gonna make that change today. Yeah. Uh, So, but, so, and I was like complaining to myself going, oh, I just want to move out. But then we had made the decision that we would save for a new place. So it wasn't something that I couldn't change. I just chosen to not, um, not change it. And now look, we, my patience has paid off and we've got a new place and we're going to be moving so I'm really really excited about that. All right, number 6. I learned all about nonviolent communication or NVC. Now this was a game changer for me. I was I don't often read a book about communication or speaking where I go, wow, mind blown because usually it's like most of the same stuff. But I read nonviolent communication and it was amazing. Make sure you listen to episode 234. Stand up, how to stand up for yourself in a way that feels good. Where um, I speak with Marianne uh, Van Dyke about the non-violent style of communication. Now, this style of communication has taught me how to validate other people's feelings. So when someone says, when someone's expressing that they're really stressed or upset, instead of saying, "Oh, don't be upset." I now validate their feelings and say, wow, that must be really stressful for you. And I won't go into the details now, but it completely shifts the way you communicate in order to be something, in order to be way more empathetic and building such a strong connection with that other person. Um, which then makes them you know, open up to you more and build a stronger relationship. So I highly, highly recommend that book, Nonviolent Communication. All right, number seven. So a seven out of nine here. Number seven is to create once, deliver often. Now, I read this in a book by Peter Cook and Matt Church. Um, you may re- remember Peter Cook from a recent episode where we talked about habits and how to be generally awesome. <laughs> That was a really, really great episode. I really enjoyed that one. Um, they, so Peter and Matt run a company called Thought Leaders Business School, and um, I'm not affiliated with them, by the way. But they, they wrote a book called, I think it's called Think. And what they do is they talk about when you create something, so like a a blog post or an article, a video, or you have you have an idea you think really deeply about that idea and then you use it in multiple ways. So this is about creating a bank of ideas and you know your IP, your personal IP or professional IP, which you can then, you create it once and then you share it in multiple ways. So for example, um, I might create an idea for a podcast and they'll do a, do a podcast about it, but then I might also deliver this as a workshop somewhere else. Or I might uh, turn it into a video and create that there. Or I might turn it into a chapter of a book, you know. So I've I've thought of the idea once. I've thought it through. I've thought about why it's important. How does this affect people? What are the steps that you take? Um, what's a um, a study that relates to this that that um, gives it more backing? And then I can reshare that over and over and over again. So this is a this is something that was very cool to learn because what it does is it makes you go, oh, I don't have to be constantly creating new stuff all the time. It's okay to reuse content. So that was number seven, create once, deliver often. And then number eight. Okay. So number eight, this is in, this is a win and a lesson. Um, the win was that I hired my first full-time assistant in May of this year. His name's William and he has been, well, making that decision is one of the best ones I've ever made. Um, being able to outsource is just so, it just lifts this huge weight off your shoulders. Um, now, it's definitely not easy getting started with this, right? It's a it's a financial commitment to bring on someone full-time um, and then it's a time commitment in terms of training them. And I'll tell you what I did this year I spent a good six weeks at the start of this year, over January, February, when business was a bit quiet, I spent a lot of time writing my standard operating procedures, my SOPs. So what I've done is for every single process in my business, I've got a detailed step-by-step um, process for it that's written, and I've created video tutorials as well, of screen, um, like a screen flow capture of, of me doing the thing. Uh, so that I can hand these SOPs over to anyone so anyone I hire I can just hand it over and say here you go here's how you do it and they're able to follow the instructions and get it and get it done so if you're thinking of of outsourcing or bringing on an assistant I cannot emphasize how important it is to write down these clear processes and I know many I know many um, people go oh I don't have time to write processes and it's it's (laughs) It's kind of like, well, if you don't have time to do that, it shows how badly you do need to write them and to outsource. And I know it is a time commitment um, to get that done. You might have to take some time away from doing your regular work, but I promise you it it is amazing. And even if you don't run your own business and you don't need, you know, like an assistant for work, have a think about some of the things in your life that you can outsource anyway, you know, like outsourcing your life. I know, um, there's a company called they're based in Melbourne they're called Nanager as in manager but with an n Nanager and they um have nannies that will help that will look after your your children but also do um like your groceries and your cleaning and your shopping and you know admin sort of errands for you as well and I was thinking man I don't even have kids and I want a nanager like <laughs> I want a manager to like do my grocery shopping for me and cook me dinner and prepare my lunches for the week. <laughs> so yeah, maybe in the future. Um, but you know, it's 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 amazing to once you start thinking about, oh, maybe I could outsource that or outsource that, you can then it frees up more time for you to do things. Oh, air task is another one, right? You can on, I know an Air Tasker, I've had um like a mobile mechanic come and like service my car without me having to drive it anywhere. We've had someone come around and clean our blinds in the lounge room because they were really filthy, had them come around. Um, So you can – we had someone come around and steam clean our carpets. So like you can, yeah, just outsource whatever you can. Start getting into the habit. It's really good fun. So that was number eight, my like a win slash lesson. Oh, and then number nine, finally. The final lesson of 2019 I want to share with you. Is when you have a passion, and you have a vision for something, and you communicate it well, it is amazing what you can create. Now, I want to use, I want to use my uh, the the festival wedding I mentioned earlier. I want to use this as, as an example. Um, you know, I was talking to my my friend and um, my friend Cliff Ravenscraft, who uh, he's he was coaching me. Early this year, and we did a couple of coaching sessions. He's a really amazing business coach, and he was asking me me about my year and like what was going on, and and I said sort of offhand, oh, "Oh, this isn't really relevant." But you know, Aaron and I we threw a festival this year, and I kept talking, and he and he, he gently interrupts me and he says, "Christina, what do you mean this isn't relevant? This is a hundred percent relevant. Tell me more about this wedding. Tell me more about this festival." And so as I started to explain to him, I, I actually I started crying. Like I started crying because of, because I, it was becoming clear to me the impact that this festival had had, not just on, on Aaron and myself, but also on all of our friends and the people who came and my, and my family. And I realised just how big of a deal it actually was to have brought this thing together. And, um, you know, it was really a life changing experience and something that blows my mind every time is that Aaron and I, we just had an idea, like it was just an idea and somehow, and like I said before, at the start of this episode, I'm not a details person. I'm not very good at bringing tiny little pieces of information all together and making things happen, but I'm really good with ideas as, as is Aaron. And we started off with an idea and a vision. We knew exactly what we we knew what it what we wanted it to look like. We knew what experience we wanted people to have and we essentially just told everyone about it. We told all of our friends about it. And we then also this is key, we also started asking for help. And as we did this and more more and more people began to get excited about it, people began to offer to help. Um, we had friends rope in other people who were then able to help us and give us really invaluable uh, support. And at the end of it, looking around at the festival, I thought to myself, i can't I cannot believe what we've what this is now, what we've created. And I couldn't believe that what started off as an idea somehow turned into this magical experience that changed a lot of lives that night. I'm not exaggerating. We had people tell us, Afterwards, I was saying that was a life changing experience for me. Um, you know, a pivotal moment in in their lives. So that was, yeah, very overwhelming in a good way. And I know that a lot of you know a lot of businesses, a lot of movements, a lot of other amazing, amazing um, initiatives have come from you know a similar similar origin. You know, just an idea. But people have you know been really passionate and communicated this and got got people into help and and people have been you know driven by that by that passion and 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 excited by it as well there's so many examples of of how this has happened so for you i want you to think about you know do you have an idea are you excited about something And it doesn't have to be a festival or a business or, you know, a world-changing, you know, phenomenon that you're creating. But I want you to get that message out. If it's something that you really care about, start talking about it. You know, my business started out of me talking about how much I, you know, loved helping people. And then other people started to feed ideas into me. So, when you have that passion for something and a vision, make sure you talk about it and talk about it with excitement, with enthusiasm, and you'll be amazed at what can come from it. Okay, Rockstar, those are my nine lessons from 2019. My nine lessons slash wins from 2019. Um, I want to say again, a big thank you to you for for listening um, not just to this episode, but you know, for being a, a listener and a supporter of this show, it really means a lot, and um, I'm really grateful to have you as as part of my community. Um, I would love if you can, you know, connect. If we haven't yet already, connect with me on LinkedIn, Christina Canters. Um, also, if you want to join the C Method Academy, we have a, we have a supportive community of people who are actively helping each other in there communication and in their development. We'll be opening that up in February again. i say again because we launched it in October this year and we're going to be um, reopening it uh, next year. So make sure you go to thecmethod.com slash join where you can join the wait list and I'll let you know when the doors open. In the meantime, have a fabulous Christmas and a new year break. I will be releasing some best of episodes over the next few weeks and I'll see you back or you'll hear from me back again um, on Wednesday the 8th of January 2020. Take care. Have a very enjoyable, love-filled and safe festive season and I'll see you bright and fresh in 2020. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.